0: And welcome to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanza on this live broadcast from Washington. Here are some of the top stories making news across Sudan and South Sudan this Monday, February 26, 2024. A South Sudanese analyst says his country's economic
1: situation is getting out of hand. The economic crisis we have in South Sudan is going against what we call the best practice of economic indicators and this is where it is becoming very challenging. And squatters living
0: inside the military barracks say the government should allocate land for them.
2: In normal circumstances, civilians are not supposed to be in the barrack. But uh, to our situation now, they should be supposed to provide a place for the civilians to go.
0: We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. South Sudan's economic crisis appears to be cutting deep into the pockets of the country's working class. Civil servants and soldiers have not been paid for four months. Teachers and academicians at the country's public university are still waiting for their four-month salary. South Sudan's finance minister, Barnaba Chol says the country is broke and has no resources to pay salary. Abraham Kwalnyon teaches at the University of Juba. He says the country's financial crisis stems from lack of good economic and
1: monetary policies. The economic crisis we have in South Sudan is going against what we call the best practice of economic indicators. And this is where it is becoming very challenging. Talk to me about the best
0: practices of uh, economic indicators. I mean, a lot of people are blaming the U.S. dollar and
1: uh, forgetting some of these indicators. Could you list some of these economic indicators? In most countries, we have two institutions that are tasked with managing the economy of the state and that is the ministry of finance dealing with the issue of physical policy and the central bank dealing with the issue of monetary policy and these are the two institutions that determine how things are supposed to work and how especially the issue of the currency has to be controlled and the issue of inflation but in the context of south sudan that is contrary it is seen there are a number of people who are somewhere within the an official market that determines how the issues of the dollar is a central bank for example can say one dollar is let's say 1,000 South Sudanese pounds but a certain person from an authorized and local market would wake up tomorrow and say it it is 2,000 it is the policy of somebody who is for an official market that will be able to work but not the policy of what the one who is regulating the regulating authority will be able to work. And this is where it has become now very challenging on what to do. Secondly, you know we are consuming economy, which means we don't have production. So most of the things even which are locally consumed are important. We put too much pressure on the hard currency so that whatever the little hard currency that is within the country is where everybody's competing especially those who have their children in abroad in east africa another part of the world those who want to buy some goods in other countries they have to get some hard currency so that they will be able to take it outside and bring the goods. and when now you when you bring back the good the good has to be bought in local currency now and for you to buy another good to restore your shop you have to look for a dollar again and that thing is what is really giving too much pressure.
0: You are talking about uh, South Sudan being a
1: consuming economy, but this is an oil-rich country. What is happening with the oil? The revenue from oil has been stabilizing the economy from the CPA up to independence, but when conflict erupts in 2013, then the priority of the state might have changed. Then I think maybe there had been more funding of oil that has been going... To the funding on stabilizing the, the state by stopping the war. Secondly, of recent, South Sudan government had embarked on road infrastructure, and it is seen big chunk of the oil money is being put into infrastructure. Where you have seen the road between Bor to Juba, Malakal, which is going through Bor, and then another highway which is maybe Juba up to Wow, up to Awil, that is the Bargazal Highway. Then we have another one that's supposed to be Juba, to Eastern Equatoria to Kenya, and then another one through Western Equatoria. But only two major roads are working now.
0: You teach at the university and you interact
1: with a lot of South Sudanese. What are they telling you about their daily life? Two weeks ago, the wounded arrows were able to, to demonstrate in front of the Ministry of Finance, demanding the treatment allowance across the country civil servants have not been paid for a number of months academics have not been paid the armed forces have not been paid and it is seen there is no big hope of when that payment will be done and also the inflation is increasing dollar rate is increasing and as dollar rate is increasing it means increasing in the food stuff and all the domestic consumption so the possibility of the buying power of the pound is reducing despite the increment of salary up to 1,400%, which has created a very big relation across the country when that thing was done like a like few months ago. But the issue is that two challenges are still facing the majority of the general population. One, the increase in salary which was celebrated the same amount of money is losing value and number two the same amount of money that is losing value could not be found because the salary could not be given on monthly basis and that thing alone is creating a hard time to the general public that's abraham
0: kwal nyon a lecturer at the university of juba he spoke with me from the capital juba on friday In Juba, some South Sudanese living near a military barracks say they do not feel safe after last weekend's explosion inside the military barracks. A military spokesperson says the explosion was caused by fire and injured several people. For VOA News, Dennis Logoni reports from Juba.
2: The explosion sent a dark plume of smoke high into the air on Sunday. Eight people, including a child, were injured by flying metal shrapnel. A pregnant woman who was in the vicinity later miscarried. Some Juba residents who live near or inside the military barracks say many families panicked in Katorpayam when the explosion occurred. Resident Dina Louis says the sound of a heavy explosion prompted families to take cover.
3: Yesterday was the worst day. We were all scared at home. People don't know what to do. It was at mid of night. We are just hearing voice. People are running. People are crying. Children are crying. Yeah, it was really hard. Even I don't know what to do at that time. But we tangled. Everything was fine and we are alive.
2: Civilian Joshua Daudi who also lives inside the military barracks, says some families tried to rescue soldiers and civilians living near the ammunition depot. He says some squatters live inside military due to lack of land. In normal circumstances, civilians are not supposed to be in the barracks. But uh, to our situation now, they should be supposed to provide a place for the civilians to go or to relocate them so that they at least find somewhere to stay. Like now, if you see in the barracks, maybe a thousands and thousands of people are in the barracks. So it will be very hard for them to be just told to go out without not uh, be shown where to. It's a bit hard. Unless maybe they are told to move to a specific place, this is when we shall maybe accept to go. John Makuach lives in Jeberona, a residential area near Juba's oldest military barracks. He says the explosion caused Jeberona families to fear for their lives. This military barrack is actually within the city and is not safe sometime where such kind of thing can happen. If it was not by God's grace maybe many people would have died. Uh, if they really want at least they have to look for a place which is very far from the citizen because I know those who are in Gadad all of them are not uh, soldiers. they can look into it what will help the country and the citizen. One resident, Sarafino John of Kator Payam, is urging the government to relocate the barracks and to avoid future risks from explosive weapons. We are all South Sudanese and we should love ourselves. We know these are things for protecting our dearly country, South Sudan. So these things has not to be kept within areas or within the main town. It should be taken away from the town because away from the town, there are only animals and the vegetation that has covered. But within the town like this, there are very many people who are st- sitting near like this and in areas close, close, close. In case anything happens, people will lose their lives. So, the government should help us, the civilians, by not keeping these things within the city or within the town. They should take it some kilometers out from the town for the safety of the civilians, more especially children. Major General Liu Rai Kong, the spokesperson of South Sudan People's Defense Force, warned civilians who are living in the barracks that they
1: must relocate. The military barracks had been encroached on by civilians. And that's the reason why two civilians were were wounded. I SSPDF General quarters would like to appeal to civilians that had encroached on our facility to Reconsider the opposition and withdraw, relocate to safe areas. Military area is dangerous because of the nature of our equipment. Our equipment requires to be in a place that is only inhabited by, by the military, not by, by civilians. So we like to appeal to civilians that are encroached on uh, guard barracks to relocate so that they don't become victims.
2: Philip Agued Panyang, a lecturer at the Institute of Peace, Development Security and Strategic Studies, says the encroachment by civilians at the barracks happened after the signing of the Comprehensive Agreement 2005 and that this mistake is due to negligence
4: for the civilian
0: to be staying near the barrack. That is 100% a mistake. So those civilians that are living within the barracks should uh, be been relocated long time ago because a military barracks should be a military barrack. At least uh, if there are residents, they should be within a specified distances. But uh, those who are very close uh, to the military stores, the military barracks uh, are completely doing the wrong
2: thing and endangering their life. In May to 2006, a similar explosion occurred in Juba, leading to loss of life. Dozens of weapons were also destroyed. The leadership of the SSPDF says different types of weapons were destroyed in Sunday's explosion. For VOA News, I'm Denis Logony reporting from Juba.
0: It's uh, Black History Month here in the United States. In Los Angeles, there is an exhibit of black artists sharing their experiences growing up in America. Junior, Delot has more.
3: New York artist Guy Stanley Filosh says his series Give Us Our Flowers celebrates African-American culture.
5: As a kid, I used to go to museums all the time, and I used to always see um, portraits of white people, you know, and it was never portraits of black and brown people, portraits that look like me. So I decided to honor us.
3: Philoche is one of the artists representing black creators at the LA Art Show. In Playtime, Gregory St. Amon explores self-perceptions of children of color growing up in America.
0: The idea also of the colors balancing against the, the black and white. Um, portraiture. My thing is like you walk into a room nobody knows who you are they perceive you a certain way but once you open your mouth that you know shows your personality and that becomes your armor against society. You know you're not just one of them but you're this person. So all my work kind of plays with that.
3: Jamaican-born O'Neal Scott reflects on childhood memories of immigrating to the United States and finding his way in a new country.
5: Just as um, an African-American, I think it's important to be able to uh, really cautiously understand how you're going to go about uh, navigating the world. Uh, it's just one of those things that uh, that I think we constantly think about. It's constantly on, in the back of our minds, um, how we're perceived, stuff like that.
3: Artist Ron Green says Black Americans experience both invisibility and hypervisibility.
0: Me, my personal experience is more of a hypervisible because the world's been taught that I'm dangerous because I'm a Black man. As far as being invisible, I really don't get that too much. Like, but it could be something as simple as being in a Starbucks and trying to get somebody to wait on you, uh, you know, they act like they don't see you.
3: Brooklyn-based gallery owner Tanya Wiedemeyer, who organized these artists and helped showcase their work in Los Angeles, says black representation in arts uplifts the entire community.
6: Whenever someone steps into the booth or steps into the gallery or steps into the museum and see themselves in that particular portrait, it makes people feel good it makes people feel that they're being recognized. And so this is where the renaissance is happening because I can simply identify with that person that's in that image.
3: And these New York-based artists are hoping to carry on the message to future generations as they visit a local after-school program to help students create their own portraits. Jenny Dulo, VOA News, Los Angeles.
0: You're tuned to South Sudan in focus on the Voice of America. Coming up, Israel says it's pushing ahead with its plans for a ground invasion in the Gaza town of Rafah. Find out why after the break.
7: Hello, listener of South Sudan in Focus. We have an exciting new segment dubbed Words of Wisdom. We want to hear your thoughtful proverbs that echo through your community. This is another chance for you to share wisdom from your roots. All you need to do is record a proverb in a language of your choice, tell us its English translation and what it means. Keep it brief, authentic, and represent your community. Your recorded proverb shall be sample on South Sudan in Focus every Wednesday. Send your recording via our WhatsApp number, plus 630 That is you
0: You're listening to South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. The agency of providing Ukraine with weapons it needs to stop Russian military advances was again underscored Sunday, both in Europe and the United States. At the same time, calls for stopping the human suffering and efforts to achieve peaceful resolution to the conflict were also brought to the forefront. The VOA's Vrenika Baldras Iglesias has details.
6: A railway station in Ukraine's Donetsk region was in flames Sunday after reportedly being hit by a Russian-guided bomb. Images also surfaced of a Russian military leader scouting the town of Avdivka, which was taken from Ukrainian control on February 17. Although Ukraine's will is still strong, the resistance needs weapons and fast, warned the country's minister of defense, Rustem Umerov.
4: In the mathematics of war, we look to the enemy.
0: Their economy is almost two trillion. So basically, whatever committed that doesn't come on time will lose people, will lose. Territories.
6: U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan appeared on ABC's This Week. He urged Mike Johnson, Republican Speaker of the House of Representatives, to bring the currently stalled $61 billion aid bill for Ukraine up for a vote in Congress.
5: Speaker Johnson, if he put this bill on the floor... Um, would produce a strong bipartisan majority vote in favor of the aid to Ukraine. We saw that in the Senate. And if we can fill that shortage of bullets, Ukraine will stand up brave and courageous uh, and take the fight to the Russians.
6: Sullivan's remarks came a day after Ukrainians marked the two-year anniversary of Russia's full-scale invasion of their country. I believe that victory is ours. The whole world is supporting us. If Ukraine
3: loses, it turns out that the whole world will lose against one country.
6: The war has already taken a big toll on the psychological well-being of Ukrainian children, warned UNICEF. Many experience elevated levels of anxiety and disengagement in school. Pope Francis called for an ease of the human suffering during Sunday prayers at the Vatican. Supplico
1: che si ritrovi quel po' di umanità che permetta di creare le condizioni di una soluzione diplomatica alla ricerca di una pace pace. giusta e duratura.
6: There was a glimmer of hope when Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky spoke during a news conference about two peace summits that could take place in the coming months.
5: I hope the first summit, the inaugural one, will take place as per today's information in the spring. We cannot afford to lose the diplomatic momentum. It will take place in Switzerland. The second summit we would like to take place somewhere
1: else on the European continent.
6: Any resulting peace blueprint would be presented to the Russian side, although Zelensky acknowledged there's no guarantee that it will be accepted. Veronica Valderas Iglesias, VOA News, Washington.
0: Israel says it is pushing ahead with plans for a ground invasion of the Gaza town of Rafah to root out Hamas militants, even as mediators work on a new ceasefire in the five-month war that also calls for release of more hostages held by Hamas. VOA's Arish Arabsati has the story.
5: The Israeli army on Sunday released footage of ground explosions said to be the destruction of militant facilities in the Gaza Strip. VOA cannot independently verify the dates or locations of the video. The fighting continues as negotiators from Israel, Egypt, the United States and Qatar, the Hamas intermediary held talks in Paris to discuss terms of a deal to free what is likely north of 100 remaining hostages in the Palestinian territory negotiations remain fluid. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu told CBS News it's not clear whether a ceasefire and hostage deal would materialize from new talks in Qatar. Hamas says Israel has denied its main demands that include an end to the military occupation of Gaza. As thousands joined what's become a weekly rally in Tel Aviv demanding the immediate release of hostages still held by Hamas since its October 7 attack on Israel... Police using water cannons dispersed a counter rally where protesters held signs blaming Netanyahu for October 7. Netanyahu announced plans to convene his cabinet to discuss a push into Rafah that would include evacuating civilians. The United Nations warns more than 600,000 children would be in the path of such an assault. The southern Palestinian city of Rafah is now home to more than 1.4 million people, more than half of Gaza's population, many of them displaced by months of fighting. The United States says a humanitarian plan should accompany a military one for RAFA. We're talking about more than a million people who have been pushed into this small space in Gaza because of military operations elsewhere. It's also the area where all of the humanitarian assistance comes into Gaza to serve all of Gaza. And so we've been clear that we do not believe that an operation, a mil- major military operation, should proceed in RAFA unless there is a clear and executable plan to protect those civilians, to get them to safety and to feed, clothe, and house them. The overcrowding in Rafa strains a health care system already on the brink, with as many as four newborn babies sharing one incubator. Arash Arabesati, VOA News.
7: Hello, listener of South Sudan in Focus. We have an exciting new segment dubbed Words of Wisdom. We want to hear your thoughtful proverbs that echo through your community. This is another chance for you to share wisdom from your roots. All you need to do is record a proverb in a language of your choice, tell us its English translation and what it means. Keep it brief, authentic and represent your community. Your recorded proverb shall be soundproof. On South Sudan in Focus every Wednesday. Send your recording via our WhatsApp number plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. That is plus one two zero
0: two six three zero eight zero one one. You are listening to South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. Uh, words of wisdom for today comes from Central Equatoria State.
2: Hi VOA, this is Lado Samson from Juba. I have a proverb in Pojulu language and it goes Tidoge Angiro ki go. literally be a child who can be sent with soup. This proverb means that uh, be someone who is Trustworthy. Be someone who can be entrusted with goods of high value, property of high value, with responsibilities. Be a good person. And I'll
0: repeat, be it a, trustee, a, a, a trusted person. That's all we prepared for you this Monday, February 26, 2024. When I leave you with Arafati and the song Bira Bira. Yeah,
1: that's a unique Future Ring, Cody Cody Mash. Bira, bira, I'll see you. Be rap, be bira, be rap, Bira, rap, be Bira bira, rap, Bira rap, bira, 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 Yeah.
0: Listening to Arafati and the song Bira Bira. I'm your host, John Tanza, on this live broadcast from Studio 14 here in Washington. On behalf of our producer, Kwame Ofori, and engineer, Kang, we wish you a lovely evening. Remember to join us again next week for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America.
7: Kunta ma bira bira, itabiligo bili go. Mata shilu iya jagomgom. Kene bira, fete bira, fakir bira. Robo natake bo dileta. Iya jagalamin, gua beto selli low, fakir low. Mata kutu galbak bata, die hard, fucker. Everything gonna be right. You have it, I'm set, no lackin'. Bira, fete bira.
5: Next, an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government.
8: In many regions, the operational capacity of ISIL, or Daesh, has been significantly reduced, according to a new United Nations report on terrorism. Nonetheless, there is a high risk of this terrorist group's resurgence. That is especially true in West Africa and the Sahel, where ISIL groups are on the rise and operate with increasingly more autonomy. According to the report, should this trend persist, the Western Sahel from Mali to the borders of Nigeria could become unstable. The United States remains particularly focused on the increasing terrorism threat across Africa outlined in the Secretary General's report, said Robert Wood, United States alternative representative to the United Nations.
4: We share his concern over developments in West Africa and the Sahel, where the situation is deteriorating and becoming more complex with the prospect of greater instability. We continue to provide our African partners critical assistance in disrupting and degrading ISIS and al-Qaeda affiliates in a manner consistent with international law.
8: We are, however, also concerned about the situation in Iraq and Syria, where an international coalition is working with local partners to address terrorist threats,
4: said Ambassador Wood. Attacks on coalition forces, including over 170 attacks in recent months on U.S. forces by Iran-aligned militia groups, directly undermine the international community's ability to prevent ISIS from reconstituting.
8: It should be noted that repatriation of detained third-country national ISIL fighters and displaced persons who are being held in camps in northeast Syria is the most durable solution to the crisis, and it is necessary to prevent ISIS resurgence in the region, said Ambassador Wood. We have seen an increase in repatriations over the past six months, especially by the government of Iraq, and hope it is a sign of more to come. Finally, addressing conflict-related sexual violence is another U.S. priority.
4: We welcome U.N. entities designing effective strategies to prevent violent extremism that incorporate context-specific gender perspectives, as noted in the Secretary General's report. Addressing the threat posed by ISIS cannot be effectively done, if women's voices and those of marginalized groups are not elevated as part of the process to fight violent extremism.
8: The fight against terrorism requires efforts beyond security-centered approaches, said Ambassador Wood. The international community must continue investing in whole-of-society approaches that respect human rights and the rule of law in order to effectively prevent and counter the spread of ISIS.
5: That was an editorial reflecting the views of the United
4: States government.